PulpMX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hi, I'm Chris Kiefer. You know what you're doing. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Racetech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, dual sport bikes, ATVs, and street bikes. The lowest prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. Do yourself a favor and go there and get some stuff. It helps us. So thank you, Rocky Mountain. Thank you guys over at Fly Racing, Jason Thomas, 2020 gear, coming out. About a month away, I can't wait, chomping at the bit. But if you haven't visited them, go do that, flyracing.com, and go look at the new Formula Helmet, or how about going to get some kinetic mesh gear, because it's summertime and it's hot, you might have had swamp ass, well, let the kinetic mesh help you out. Ladies, gentlemen, whatever it is, it'll help you. So go check them out, flyracing.com, Tech. Racetech.com. When I get back from Colorado on this vacation, we will be talking about the CRF 250R that they built for me. I can't wait to get some of that information out to you guys, especially for you Honda dudes that are chomping at the bit for this. It's going to be good. Lots of information. Things that I didn't think would happen actually happen on this build. So uh, I'm excited to get the information out to you. I'm excited that for me, I stumbled across some of this horsepower. And uh, Andrew over there at Racetech, know, he knew that he was going to get some of that, but I didn't. So um, I'm a little skeptic when it comes to seeing things on paper and actually writing them. So pleasantly surprised. None, nonetheless, go visit Racetech, Racetech.com, suspension, engine services. Those guys do it all over there, quality human beings. And, of course, Pro Taper. This podcast is about the 2020 Husqvarna FC450, and guess what? Pro Taper Evo bars come stock on that thing. I'm going to tell you straight up, that bar is way better than the KTM bar. Uh, Not because they are sponsoring the show. I would tell you if that Neckin bar was decent, but this Pro Taper bar flexes, I want to say this, it flexes the best out of any handlebar out there right now. So go check them out, ProTaper, ProTaper.com. And if you have any questions about these advertisers on the show, I'm an open book, no stress. You guys know me. If something else is better, I will tell you. Nonetheless, Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com will get you the information that you're looking for. So go ahead and email me your questions. That's what we're about here. That's what separates us over here versus the other guys. Motocross Action, Swap Moto Live, Dirt Bike Magazine, whatever it is, I do not think they're answering emails to you guys. It's like coming into a shop and asking questions. Hi, Kiefer Ink Testing, can we help you? That's us over here. So don't be afraid to ask. As long as it's a legit question, we'll give you some answers. So that's why we're here. That's why we're in business. 
That's why we're functioning. Like I said, 2020 Husqvarna FC 450. Holy shit. Happy New Year. I said that on my Instagram earlier today, and that is what it's like. It's like New Year's all over again. Six months in already. Happy New Year. 2020 is here. I'm getting ready to go on vacation for a couple weeks, but when I get back, man, I'm hitting the ground running. There's a lot more intros coming up. But Husqvarna was first to jump the gate. They got over it cleanly, and they gave me the test steed to try out. Been writing it about a little over a week, but I thought I would throw up a podcast to give you guys some information. Chances are you've probably already seen a lot of that stuff over on the other media outlets, but hopefully we can create a show for you that gets you some different outlooks, perspectives, and some settings that you may not have heard on uh, other media outlet forms. So <clears throat> that's why we're here. So be on the lookout as well. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna try to do some new VIP setting podcast on all of these bikes, including off-road bikes this year. So be on the lookout for some first impression podcasts. But also, we're gonna dive deep, and we're gonna talk about settings, torque specs, clickers. Get your pen and paper out because I'm gonna be nailing some settings for you guys. Not just from my perspective, but hopefully to give you guys a well-rounded uh, media testing site, I'm going to try to give you two to three setups um, depending on which type of rider you are. So that is in the works right now. I'm going to be working on that while I'm on vacation, and we'll be doing those podcasts as well when I get back. So be on the lookout for that. So with this podcast, I just kind of want to go over the bike, let you guys in on what has been changed, uh, what those changes mean on the track, and if it's worth, honestly, um, putting your hard-earned money down on these things. So uh, as you guys know, I am a big fan of Husqvarna and KTM 450s. Plain and simple. I liked the Rockstar Edition so damn much, I bugged the shit out of my wife to go buy me one. Uh, we talked about this last night on the Pulp Show. Nick Way, he says he has bought several bikes even though he got free bikes, he was in positions, uh, he was stuck at certain points in his career that he felt like, he, hey, I'm just going to go buy a bike. I'm not waiting around on anybody. That's kind of how I work. Uh, if I don't find a, a test bike that I can get, and most of the time, all the manufacturers do give me the test bikes for a durability test so I can talk to you guys about settings and so on and so forth. But if there is a gap in between bikes, I'll go buy that thing, especially if I really like it and I want to ride it on my own time. So yeah, we dumped uh, you know, $10,000 on a new bike, and I rode the crap out of it. Um, just recently sold it before I roached it out too much, but you guys get the picture, man. Like I like this bike a lot. I'm not going to go dump some money on something that I don't want to ride. This Husqvarna makes me want to ride, so I went and bought one. And same goes for the KTM. Both of them are a little different on the track and a little different on paper. But nonetheless, they both are easy to ride and very fun to ride. So we're going to talk about the engine character. We're going to break down some things right now. So let's just go right down the list. What has changed between the 2019 and 2020 bike? There is not a lot, okay? What Husqvarna fought for this year, and Andy Jefferson kind of, um, and he's the marketing guy over there at Husqvarna North America, he sat me down and we talked about this, and 
it was important for Husqvarna and KTM to separate a little bit in their suspension settings. So Husqvarna went with a completely different suspension setting than KTM. It's proprietary to them. Um, what you see uh, on the outside, KTM and Husqvarna fork and, and WP exact fork and shock. On the outside, it looks the same. But inside, internally, valving is different. I haven't got on the KTM. I was supposed to do that this week. But frankly, I got to get the hell out of here and uh, go to Colorado and do some different type of things besides dirt bike related stuff. So I will come back to that KTM when I get home and we will break that down too. And and I'll give you a comparison on, on what they're both like. I know that Husqvarna and KTM do not like that, but I feel like that's what you guys like out there as consumers. You want to know the differences. Hey, man. What should I buy? KTM and Husqvarna. We'll break those things down when I get home from uh, Colorado. But I will say this. Husqvarna went to a, a different suspension setting. They went to a softer setting. And there's a piston skirt changed, not for performance, but for durability. We haven't got that durability part down yet. Excuse me. So we will be riding this more. I am taking this bike to Colorado to put more time on it, and chances are really high that that thing will have at least 10 to 12 more hours by the time I get home. So uh, as you guys know, I do have a slight problem. I do ride a lot. And when it comes to these bikes, if I tell you that I've done some durability, by God, I've done some durability. So... um that's, I think that is a, is a plus for you guys out there because I ride these bikes so much, but it's a downfall for me because I get a little bit worn out, and sometimes some of this content is a little slower to get up. But when this content does get up, you guys will know it's legit content. It's not just some hour-long ride, and then I'm going to give you a first impression. So skirt, piston skirt, uh, suspension changes to Husky, and of course... 49 tooth rear sprocket 1349 it's something i did to my bikes last year i also did a 1452 some of you guys out there are saying well what's better what do you like i like a 1452 at some tracks and i like a 1349 at some tracks uh southern california again there's only about two tracks that are super fast that's Cahia and Glen helen i prefer a 1452 at those tracks because I like the third gear feeling slash recovery on a 1452. But the 1349 does have a slight uh, more exciting feeling in second and third gear. So I'm glad that Husqvarna did go to that change and went to a 1349. Because quite frankly, uh, you got two types of people on these bikes, right? You got the one guy that's saying, hey, it's not enough excitement. I need more bottom end. I need more RPM response. And then you got the guy that says, man, I love the way it's delivered. I can get on the gas harder. Uh, it doesn't rip my arms out. I can last longer on this bike. So to me, the gearing change was needed and they went to the correct direction. That is all they changed on the 2020 bike. So before we dive into it, um, you know what? Let me get to this last. I'm going to get to this part last. You know, I get a lot of questions. 2019 versus 2020, Kiefer. I'm going to get a great deal on a 2019. Is the 2020 worth it? That question will be answered at the end of this podcast. Rode the bike. Almost have about, what is it, eight? Here it is, 8.5 hours on this thing. 
let me just tell you guys this. The suspension settings that they went to, okay, I'm going to break this down. It is much softer than last year's setting, plain and simple. So 10.9 bars was stock on my Rockstar Edition for the fork. They have dropped that bar pressure to a recommended base stock setting to 10.7. Also, valving is different, like I said. Shock spring went from a 4.5 to a 4.2 spring. So what that means to you and I out there is Husqvarna is trying to soften it up, get a little bit more cushy, bring some comfort in because they've heard some things. And this is not just Europe. This is also America that it's a little harsh feeling. Uh, there's some been some talk about, hey, uh, there's some chassis rigidity. Mm, that's debatable. But there was some mid-stroke harshness on the fork last year especially at the beginning of its life. So if I'm trying to break in my Rockstar Edition, the first six to seven hours, man, it was pretty miserable, honestly. I'm going to tell you straight up. like It was a little harsh. The The fork felt stiff. Well, now I got on this new bike, and we get, like I said, we get all these new bikes with about an hour on them. Way better as far as mid-stroke feel, comfort. It moves more in the stroke, both ends. Uh, both ends are equally soft, so it doesn't feel unbalanced, but man, it is a different feeling when you hop on this 2020 bike. I, I, For me, it's too soft, okay? But I know I'm not the target consumer out there. There are other guys that are slower, uh, maybe a little bit heavier. Now, just because you're heavier doesn't mean it will be too soft for you. It also goes off of ability, okay? So... If you guys aren't that aggressive and you still got a little plush feeling and it's soft, that's still good. So Husqvarna was going that direction just so they could get some added comfort to the overall chassis feeling. Now, here's the tricky part. 105 millimeters of sag is still the target shock sag, okay? Most likely, if you're 220 you're probably not going to get 105 millimeters of sag. I would suggest going back to a 4.5 spring, okay, and then backing off the compression a little bit. I have one of my test guys. He's about 210, uh, B-level vet guy. He went to a heavier spring, and it was much better for him. That same guy actually bought our last year's Rockstar Edition bike, and he prefers a stiffer rear spring. So just know that. Now, the 10.7 bar fork is soft. Like I said, it does have better mid-stroke feeling. For an air fork, guys, it's pretty damn good. I'm not going to sit here and completely bash this fork just because it's an air fork. If it's an air fork and it, and it functions okay on the track, I'm not going to talk shit on it. So this thing has decent front wheel traction. Yes, you're not going to get as much as a spring fork, but I do feel the ground quite a bit. And again, I'm picky when it comes to front end traction. Better mid-stroke feeling, but for me, the fork just moves too much. So I bump my back, my fork pressure to 10.8 to 10.9 bar. Start out with, if you're anywhere between 170 to 190 pounds, just start at 10.8 bar. See how that feels. And then slowly work your way inward on the compression if you need to. Uh, I felt like up jump faces and landings where there's G outs, 
it, both ends, fork and shock, the end stroke, which is kind of empty feeling. And when I say empty, it just means soft. I know I put that up on pulpmx.com. You can read it. But for me, it's just a little bit soft on the end stroke. Doesn't give you a metal-to-metal feeling. I don't feel that, but it just rides low, um, especially when you're leaning forward and charging into some things. So bump that air pressure up a little bit. Again, I will be getting you guys a settings podcast to exactly break down the clicker, number for you, the bar pressure, sag. There's all kinds of things I want to talk to you guys about to help you get your um, setting better, even if you don't want to go revalve it and do some things i can kind of get you guys in the ballpark with some clicker settings so initially i just slowed the rebound down one went to a 10.8 bar fork pressure and then went in on the the compression and still kept its balance and its comfort which is nice some of these forks out there aka a show a fork super sensitive fork one click can really make or break your your rider feeling uh, this fork is not that sensitive to clicker changes. So air pressure, yes. Clicker changes, not that sensitive. So you can probably go two clicks at a time on the compression and be safe. Rebound, just go one click at a time. But that's the that's the feeling I got with the suspension. The 2020 fork and shock is a little bit more comfortable to ride. Again. When I go test these bikes, I'm 80%. I'm not at 100% pushing it, and it's fairly comfortable to ride. Um, the thing that stood out to me is break-in period seems much less and more friendlier than last year's bike. So that's something you guys will notice right away if you're coming off of an older Husqvarna or KTM, especially an air fork model. So um, break-in time for that fork is not as crucial. Now, past that, uh, again... On the shock, I said it felt a little bit empty on the in-stroke. Try to go a quarter turn on the high-speed stiffer. And then bump up the low-speed one to two compressions in. um, Clicks in, sorry. And then it's up to you guys. I felt like I didn't need to do anything to the rebound after I messed with the high-speed and low-speed on the compression. So I left the rebound stock. And just be careful when you guys are adjusting your rebound. I always hear guys, like it kicks me over the over the jumps, you know, and I'm going to slow it down. Be careful with that, okay? That could mean it's just riding low and then coming up and then kicking you in the ass. And yes, it could be kicking you off of a jump, but where that's going to hurt you later on if you keep slowing it down, all of that comfort you are getting on ground, off throttle, on throttle, coming out of a corner, coming into a corner is going to be gone. Because your rear wheel is going to start, or your shock's going to start packing. And you don't want that. You want that shock to move and be connected to the ground. So I see a lot of guys just crank in on their rebound. And I'm like, dude, it's not that simple. Don't judge the shock because you're getting a kick off of a jump. Make sure your technique is okay. Make sure there's not a big knuckle on the end of that lip. Because quite frankly, no matter what it's going to, no matter what, you do to that shock, if there's a kicker on a lip, you're going to get kicked no matter what. So pay attention to what you're doing. Um, be sensitive to the fact that your technique means a lot in your bike setup as well. I can't stress that enough, guys. I get a lot of, hey, can I get a base setting for my bike? It's doing this. I, I can't see you ride. I need to see you guys ride to see if technique is right. And if it's 
your technique's in the ballpark, then yeah, let's let's adjust some shit. Maybe it is, but I would say at least 50% of you, when you do send me these videos or these photos, technique's off. So do yourself a favor um, and work on your technique, and setup will come easier for you. So, all right, engine feeling. Again, nothing major changed on the inside of this thing, right? Just that skirt change. But what did change was, uh, and I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, was ECU settings. So Husqvarna invited us all of media test guys. I didn't get to go. I was busy testing. But invited all us, all of us out there to do some ECU settings to see if we all liked it, if that was a better direction, which I thought was really smart uh, by the guys at Husqvarna and KTM. I thought it was really cool that uh, they thought of us and said, hey, man. All of you guys come out here, and let's try to get a direction so maybe that's going to help our sales slash consumers. Uh, well, they did a better job as far as getting an ECU setting that wasn't rich down low and then just lean on top and popping like hell like it was last year. 2019 didn't have a really good year for ECU settings on this Husqvarna. It was, it was tough. So I didn't really care for that lethargic feeling down low, and and uh, when I would ride it at deeper tilled tracks, it was really noticeable. So with 2020, uh, map one is a standard map. Map two is a little bit more aggressive. Standard map is linear, long. It's it's easy to ride, pretty vanilla, nothing really exciting. It's okay, uh, but I still prefer number two, and I think most of you guys will as well because it's not you're not going to get an explosive hit. You're not going to turn this thing into a CRF450R and just like rap out of a corner. It's not going to be that kind of a bike. You will get a little bit more RPM response and pulling power. But what the map what map 2 does that I really like, it gives you less engine braking. It's a more free feeling engine which to me Helps the soft-feeling fork. I don't get as much pitching coming into the corner. I really notice. I'm hypersensitive to engine braking on four-strokes and a heavy feeling. There's nothing worse when you're coming into a corner and you have all this engine drag. And it's just loading the front end. It's good at times when you have uh, lean-in through corners and that mid-corner traction that you want out of that tire. Some of that engine braking is nice, but... Lack of engine braking keeps that free feeling, that light feeling engine uh, character, and it actually makes the chassis feel a little bit more fun slash playful. It opens up the track for me with Map 2. I can kind of move around a little bit more and pop and, and get out of lines and hop things. So Husqvarna did a good job on getting a different ECU setting. Now, I really want to preface it and saying it's not... Huge difference as far as, man, it's it's so responsive, Kiefer, for 2020. It's not. You're still getting a long, linear power, easy to ride, super connected to the rear wheel. Dude, when I have my test guys ride this bike, they're just like, it's just easy to ride. I'm not blown away by the power, but what it does, especially when you watch someone ride this bike, it's pretty quiet, doesn't have a gnarly, raspy, burly, racy sound. But, man, once that rider rolls the throttle on out of a corner, it goes. Very deceiving power. Husqvarna and KTM both have very deceiving power. Here, Out here on the West Coast, we're notorious for softer conditions in the morning and then hard pack 
just crappy conditions after lunchtime. Unlike you East Coasters where you have good traction throughout the day, this engine is, man, really tailor-made for us West Coast guys because when the track gets hacked out and shitty, this engine is just super easy to ride. Um, If I was going to race a national like I did this year, I think I would struggle a little bit with that with that bottom end slash RPM response because there's not a lot there, and it would be tougher for me to get back on top of that dirt because it's so fucking deep. So uh, map two is your friend. That's what you want to start with, especially if you're East Coast guy. Um, you will nothing's really changed. It still revs out very far. Uh, second gear is probably the most usable. Uh, out of all the 450s, I would say, I can come out of a corner in second gear and leave it in second the longest out of any 450. Uh, top end is great. I know the Sierra 450R has great top end as well. Again, if you guys are out there wondering if a 450 is too much for me, I get some of those questions as well. Hey, Kiefer, 350 or 450? Yeah, I'm on the fence. I don't know. Look, this 450 power is not going to rip your arms off. It's super easy to ride. And I'll make this, the, the, the decision easy for you guys. Uh, my tester, Matt Servog, he loved the 350. You guys listen to the podcast. He was all about it. I want to buy one. I love it. He rode a 450. He's like, man, there's just a little bit more torque. It's easier to ride. And it doesn't feel heavier than the 350. It still feels pretty light. So, man, I, I if it was me, I would, feel, I would feel like I want to go to a 450 just to have that little extra when I needed it. But it's not uncontrollable where I'm like, oh, my God, this is too much bike. I get a lot of that, too, when I people come up and tell me, man, Honda's too much bike. I'm out. Uh, Yamaha's too much bike for me. I'm out. This Husqvarna is not too much bike. It still feels light, flickable, and the engine is not uh, crazy fast. We'd be like, oh, it hits too hard. I'm out. So still one of my favorite engine characters, and you guys know you put a muffler and you put an ECU on it, a Vortex and a muffler. It's It's... It's a completely different machine, a completely different machine. It turns in it to a mellow, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty vanilla, too. Like, whew, ECU, muffler, man, this thing hauls ass. Still keeps that character of, of linear and connected, but, man, it just puts the power ground to the ground even more and gets you from point A to point B in a hurry with all of that connectivity which is so rare to, to get. You really have to usually find it and work at it. Very, very hard to find the connectivity that this Husqvarna has. So it's impressive. So if you guys are looking to do some mods to this bike, if you feel like you need it, the best two things I can offer you for engine is Vortex ECU, FMF muffler, boom. I'd leave it. I would ride that thing all day long. I'm going to race local races like that. I raced Vet Nationals like that. That's what I had when I raced Vet Nationals last year. It was an ECU and a muffler, and it was it was whole shot, whole shot life. Easy. No problem because it's so connected. So very good engine. Commercial time. Stick around just for a little bit, all right? Just a little bit. Thanks to the guys over at 6D Helmets. That's right there on board with the KieferInkTesting.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast. We thank them for joining us. You have a street bike, a dirt bike, or do you pedal? You have a mountain bike. 
Head over to 6dhelmets.com. Check out the full line of helmets they offer. I'm sure they have a helmet for you. Hey, I get questions all the time. Kiefer, what helmet would you choose if you could pick one to buy? If you're going to spend your own money, Kiefer, where are you going? While there are a lot of helmets that are safe out there, okay, I do feel the safest in a 6D helmet. I've had many crashes in my ATR1. I've had a couple in my ATR2, and it has done its job. It's advanced ODS technology. It's race-proven. I'm telling you guys, and it's light. The new ATR2, it comes in at 1,480 grams. It's fully rebuildable. Very cool colorways. I trust the guys over at 6D Helmets. Maybe you guys should too. Hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. Maybe get a special discount code if you want to get a 6D. So please, guys, go check them out. 6D Helmets, hit me up. Tell me how you like yours. And if you don't have one, maybe go get one. Thanks, 6D. Have you guys checked out bloodlubricants.com? If you haven't, B-L-U-D lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sports Series, the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sports Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain. And, uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check the legitimacy of this stuff because um, I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it. Was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code KEFER and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. So a little known fact, I started racing desert when I was nine years old until I was 16. I really didn't get into moto till after 16 years old because my family would go camp in the desert and my dad rode hare and hounds. Out here in the West Coast, there was a club called District 37 and that's what we did. We went camping on the weekends. Uh, my parents build bonfires. They would drink. And my dad would go race, and I would ride around the camp and make a little track, right? Well, fast forward till now, 2019, you go to nationalhairandhound.com. They have classes for your son, your daughter, mom, and dad. It's not just dad. It's really cool. It's ran very well. The kids race the day before. Dad and mom can go race the next day and just have a family, fun-filled weekend racing dirt bikes. There's nothing better. Go to nationalhairandhound.com, check out their schedule. They go to California, Texas, Nevada, Idaho, all over the place. Go check them out. If you have any questions about this series, chris at keyforinktesting.com. I'm happy to answer them for you and maybe get you a discount code on your next entry fee. Very cool. Again, maybe I will see you out at one of these suckers. I feel like I need to go race again and I want to go relive my youth through nationalhairandhound.com. Go check them out. The one thing that bums me out about racing moto is waiting around all day just to do two or four motos. I don't want to be sitting at the track all day and have three hours in between my motos. 
Well, you know what? Old Timers Association has been around a long time, and the guys from Oregon Old Timers have come on board with this podcast and want me to talk to you about their series. Very cool series. I've raced them before. They have 20-minute motos, long motos. Usually, you're done by 3 o'clock. You're in and out. You get to race, go home, finish your chores, spend time with your family, go do stuff with your wife, whatever it is. It's a fun, family-filled environment there. They have races all over. It's not just in Oregon. They have races in California, Glen Helen, Montana, Richland, Washington. They go to Hangtown. They go to Washington again in Washougal, which is very cool. And, of course, they go to British Columbia, Boise, Idaho, even Edmonton, Canada, and Fernley, Nevada. You can check out the series at OregonOldTimers.com, and you will even see me at a couple rounds this year. So check them out. ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, screenprintingdone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. Hey, Heather. Hey, Chris. Did you know that every two-stroke KTM and Husqvarna come with a Vertex piston in the engine from the factory? No, I did not. 65 years ago, Vertex Piston was founded in a small technical workshop in northern Italy. Today, because of the renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex is an OEM supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, and more exotic brands like Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. No matter which brand of bike you ride with, when it's time to go ride or time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see their full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons, in replica, high compression, or GP style configurations, visit them at vertexpistons.com or stop in your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. And if you guys want a discount code, hit me up, Chris, at keyforinktesting.com, and I've got one for you. Save some money. Vertexpistons.com. Hey, thank you so much for actually listening to the commercials. You'll be rewarded with discounts and love. Thank you. Uh, like I said, chassis, nothing's changed frame-wise, but again, that freer engine revving feel that we get with the MAP-2 helps with pitching, and it helps with chassis, keeps it light feeling. Initial lean in the corners is very easy to do. Mid-corners, so easy. Feels light. Uh, I can't tell you how much lighter this bike feels compared to when I was riding the Honda a lot. The Honda is really good and turns very well, but you can feel the weight uh, mid-corner at times. With this thing, it just wants to lay in and follow the rut really nice, and it's just super easy to, to do that. So straight line stability is good. It's not the best, but it's not the worst. It's pretty good. Pretty, uh, It's predictable. So uh, it's just an all-around fun, uh, safe machine. I guess that's the, the word I really want to get out to this. It's, it's a safe bike. Like there's nothing really that is going to be um, out of the ordinary and surprise you, which may put you on the ground. So 
I want all you guys out there listening to this to ride as much as you can. I mean, that's how I am. If I tell my buddies, like, oh, man, should I do this? Uh, I need to work on that. And I go, yeah, you need to work on those things, but don't ride over your head or don't get a bike that you feel like I'm a little bit scared of when I get tired because then you're just going to break something and you're going to be on the couch. You won't be able to ride. And everyone's pissed off, family, your job. So to me, it's a safe bike to ride, fun bike to ride. So I like the 2020. It's not a huge difference, guys. Um, Going back to the first part of this, this pod, I told you guys, hey, would I buy a 19 or a 20? Honestly, pfft, I would buy a 19 if you could save 2K. There's not enough differences for me that I would warrant to be like, hey, man, I'm going to go buy a 2020. If you guys can find leftover 2019s or 19.5 Rockstar editions, do it. Uh, it's it's not that much different. The only difference you guys are going to feel is in the break-in period and suspension. The suspension is going to be a little bit firmer, but... Uh, if you guys are going to change that stuff anyway, there you go. I honestly don't think it uh, is going to be that big of a huge difference where I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to wait for the 2020 to get here. Or the dealership's waiting on one. I'm going to wait. Look, you can fix the ECU rich feeling on the 19. You get it reflash on the stock one. It's really good. Um, you break in your fork and your shock, seven, eight hours, and that bike's fun. I bought one. It's great. So um, the changes that Husqvarna did make – are a little bit better, but it's not so huge. I'm going to sit here and tell you guys, oh, yeah, way better, so much better. Kind of like what I did with the 18 and 19 YZ450F. Dude, the 19 YZ450F compared to the 18 was a pretty big difference, even though on paper it wasn't that big. So I tell you guys, hey, I would go with the 19. I would spend an extra you know, the extra money and go with the 19. So, um, so yeah, man, so... Husqvarna did a good job with refining some things. I would expect for us out there to see something new come, I would say, 21. I do not know if the new Rockstar Edition is going to have that much change, but um, something tells me inside that maybe we will see a different bike between this 20.5 Rockstar Edition coming up and the 21 bike. 2021 is going to be an exciting year for consumers, I feel like, because there's going to be a lot of changes um, to the bike, to a lot of bikes. 2020, not a lot of changes in the 450 realm. I think Yamaha has the most changes. Everything else is pretty mellow. So uh, 21 could be a great year for a lot of changes and different feeling for all of us out there that are going to go buy a bike. So, um Again, Pro Taper handlebars, 811 millimeter is the length on the stock ones. For me, if you guys want to corner a little bit better, uh, make the bike feel a little bit more nimble, cut those things down to 803. You can use a hacksaw. You can use uh, um, pipe cutters, whatever it is that you guys have. Measure it to 803 millimeters. We talk about this a lot. I don't really want to cover 20 minutes of handlebar talk, but... Yes, a few millimeters makes a huge difference on the track. You will cut those handlebars, and it'll be like a little sliver. You're like, whatever, Kiefer, you're full of shit. Go ride it. Trust me, it works. It'll help you. Always a good rule of thumb for you moto guys out there. And this is a, a rule of thumb from guys 5'7 to 6'2. 800 to 804 in length is a great handlebar length. I don't know why 
I guess I really don't know why some of these handlebar manufacturers go that long to 811. I, I don't get it. It's too, it's too long. Like, I don't care how, how long your arms are. Um, to get the technique that we need in moto, 800 to 804 is really good. Most guy, I only knew one dude in the pro ranks that was 805. But you will talk to the mechanics, uh, talk to the riders, 800 millimeters to 804. So uh, for me, I'm six foot. The bar bend is pretty good. I don't mind it. I do notice that it's a little low feeling when I stand. If I was going to keep that handlebar, go to a five millimeter spacer. That will help you when you're standing up. I personally just put a set of Pro Taper Fusion crossbar bars on there. SX Race, 800 millimeter length, and it's a little bit taller in height than the stock bar. Um, Lock-on grips, eh, I can take it or leave it. I'm not a huge fan of lock-on grips. It creates a little bit more rigidity, but the compound, when I do put my hand on it and I ride with it, it's not horrible. I have pretty tough hands anyway because I ride so damn much. The calluses are built up, so I don't get blisters that easy. Um, but yeah, so uh, also want to talk about the left side panel option. If you buy this Husqvarna, you will get two side panels, one with vents and one without. Obviously, I go with the one with vents because I drilled hold, holes in my last year bike, and that helps RPM response. Take the screen out of your air filter cage. Or just simply buy a two-stroke cage, and you will also get a little bit more mid-RPM response, which also helps. So a couple tips for you. Um, I also also recommend a works connection or a ride engineering uh, rear axle kit where you can remove that fixed left side on the rear axle. That helps relax the shock. So we will talk about all of those little minuscule things in this VIP podcast that I'm going to be presenting with all these bikes. So... Hopefully, you'll be seeing that when I get back. Um, Husqvarna, uh, I'm pretty sure, has agreed to come on board to sponsor their bike setup. So I will be getting with, hopefully, getting with every single Husqvarna, including Off-Road. Rejoice. Thank you, Off-Road guys. And we'll be getting uh, settings podcasts for all you guys out there that want to go Off-Road riding. Um, Moto, we'll have it all for you. So that's the beauty about where I live. Dude, I have... Single track, I have desert, I have motocross tracks all right here. Kiefer, why the fuck do you live in the desert? Well, this is why right here. Motorcycles. Uh, No other reason, simply. I love the desert, but everything is so convenient, and you can test so much shit in the desert and get such great feedback. Um, It's pretty cool. I've been with a couple manufacturers that... Um, do a lot of their pre-production testing out in the middle of the desert. If you were some random dude going for a ride and you'd come across these vans, huh, could be something that you may not know about. So um, it proves to be a good testing ground out there. And uh, it's it's fun for me because uh, the shop butts up right to where I go riding, and it's all right there. So um, the reason why I talk about that is because I get a lot of questions asked to me about, hey, why do you live where you live, or, uh, what's the deal with the Dez? Why do you always talk about the Dez? Well, that's that's the reason why I talk about the Dez because uh, I can get a lot of great settings um, right from my, my garage. So it's kind of nice. Kind of like having those guys in Florida where they get to ride everything out of the shop and they get to test. Similar things here, but it's all on uh, 
huge amounts of land that are not mine. <laughs> so just know that. So, um, yeah, 2020 Husqvarna FC 450 in stores now. When I get back, we'll be doing a KTM 450 SXF, and we'll do a little comparo. We'll talk about each bike, what's better, um, what suspension I like better, the comfort, because those two bikes do feel different on the track, and uh, we'll, we'll break them down a little bit. But stay tuned to keyforingtesting.com for more reviews, tests, and even some health tips from my good buddy Seiji. He's going to be writing some more training tips. Um, get you guys some mental aspect um, videos that I seem to have not watched in my racing these last two rounds. I must have sucked that up and didn't watch those things. Maybe I should have watched them. So, uh, yeah, lots of cool things coming down the pipe for keyforinktesting.com. And, of course, go to my buddy's Steve Mathis website, pulpmx.com, because there's stuff over there that I write as well. So thank you guys for joining me. Hey, if you guys have any questions, you know the email. You want to get some swag, want to get some hats, t-shirts, heather at keyforinktesting.com. That also is cool, you guys wearing the t-shirts, and I'm seeing the pictures of you guys wearing the hats. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. It's, uh, I know that it's it's working, and it's out there, and you guys are trusting to me, so uh, thank you guys for doing that. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. So I'll see you guys next week, and hopefully see you at the track. If you do go ride, and you see me at the track, come and say hi. Let's talk. And we'll talk about dirt bikes or whatever else you guys want. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me. We'll see you next week.